0: Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everyone, to the 348th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Reza, Carolyn and I took a trip last weekend the reason why we couldn't record last weekend was because earl got married in san francisco and we were at that wedding
0: yeah how was it
1: oh it was fantastic uh first of all congrats to earl and ellen for finally getting married uh in america uh the last time they got married was in 2019 in china More of like a family celebration for a lot of her family that couldn't make it stateside. Um, But this one was in San Francisco and uh, it was like, you know, a lot of his family flew out from Chicago. We flew out on Thursday morning and while I was gone, my parents stayed at my apartment um, just so that they could sort of save on hotel. And it was a little bit probably safer from a COVID perspective, especially because I think this was like my first the first time my mom has really traveled since covid and so she wanted sort of like a home base that probably made her feel a little bit more comfortable um but i'll sort of tell you the whole trip uh we called an uber from the apartment at like 6 a.m and normally it's just like you know your standard sort of cars or whatever but this time around what was interesting was a tesla model y picked us up really and we were we were geeking out from the jump because we're like oh man we've only ever watched videos of the model y it's like the uh, sort of the suv yeah, uh line
0: hatchback type and of them, we right? get
1: in and this thing kind of yeah uh this thing is awesome picks up insanely fast cabin is so quiet because there's not like a combustion engine of any kind the uh the drive felt really smooth massive sunroof tinted windows in the back just great touches all around we were really happy and fortunate to have that car be uh the one that we uh took to the airport what's interesting is we get to the airport and we're flying on american and american has sort of those uh collaborations with JetBlue, and we try to check in early into the flight and they're like oh there's something wrong you have to go check in at a kiosk so we go to the kiosk there and they're like oh you need to speak with an associate and mind you reza we both have pre-tsa pre-check yep. so we don't get to the airport really anymore there's no reason yeah. to yeah uh unless there's like a really 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 nice um lounge of some kind there's just no reason anymore so we get there we're, we're dealing with all this stuff and some guy we're, we flag him down he's got the JetBlue vest and he goes hey man I, we need your help we're trying to check in this is an american flight that's operated by JetBlue. we can't check in for some reason he's like oh are you looking to rebook your flight and we're like no we're not trying to rebook our flight we're the flight is in an hour yeah. we need to get this done he goes oh well you got to go downstairs there's a whole table it's my first day i think i know what you could where you got to go so we walk downstairs past the luggage carousels into the corner there's a line there of people and all we hear is people who miss their flights and they're looking to read books so we're like god damn it this is not the line for us we stand there anyways a woman uh, calls us forward it's our turn she goes hey how can i help you I go hey listen we are on this flight operated by JetBlue, flying to san francisco in about 45 minutes we don't need to rebook our flight we're on time booking you know sort of boarding is in 45 minutes another 30 minutes for boarding but we would like to be on that flight she's like you're in the wrong place i don't know why they sent you down here i'm happy to help you but there's no reason they should have sent you down here and we're like that's that guy's first day let's stop talking about that guy's first day let's talk about how we're going to get on this flight yeah so Carolyn booked the tickets and she put in her known traveler number so she could get TSA pre-check and for whatever reason mine just didn't hold so as we walk you know she prints out our tickets uh-huh. we get up to the top and we're in the line for pre-check and she, I'm like hey how do you know yours has pre-check and she said, well it's printed on my ticket I go well, it's not printed on mine
0: yep I've had that happen Great. before
1: yep so we get to the front the woman's like I will not let you walk through this line yeah. I don't care that you have a global entry card you're not going through this yeah. and I was like she goes, you have to get it printed on the ticket. So I was like, all right, Carolyn, you go through. Worst comes to worst, at least you can get to San Francisco. We'll figure it out. I walk back, and I'm thinking, all right, do I go to the kiosk again? Or like, do I get to the, the counter to get someone to help me? And then I walk past the security line. It doesn't look that long. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll just chance it. So I walk to the security line and go, hey, you know, can I go through? And she looks at my ticket. She goes, oh, you're an expedited security. Coming in? I don't know what expedited security is, but apparently there's this, this pseudo middle tier where you have pre check and clear and all that jazz. Yeah. You have the people who don't have anything, and you have some people who apparently, and I had a highlight on my sort of card that I think it's like if you see a yellow highlight on your card, then you're allowed to go through. And it's essentially a middle tier where you still have to take off everything, you get to take shit out of your bag and all that jazz, but you're not part of the regular line. Whoa, so whoa, thankfully. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. So wait, so you, you you get to go through the TSA pre check line, but you have to do everything? I don't
1: get to go sorry. You to go I don't the, get to go through the TSA pre check line. I go through the regular, the regular line. line. But it's essentially a, f- a faster regular okay. Faster regular line that not everyone is allowed to do. I think it's only for people that are running later or whatever.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay. So but so okay. You just gotta do everything still. You gotta take your shoes off. I hate that part, man. I hate taking your shoes off. I gotta off, take dude.
1: my shoes off. I gotta take everything off. And I realized weirdly that my joggers that I wear set off the, the detector every time because the detectors don't like the zippers that I have on my pockets. Wow. Every time I go through it, they're like, you got shit in your pockets, take shit out of your pockets. And I'm like, I don't have anything in my pockets. Um, but it's, it's just a zipper. And this time around, it kicks it off again. And the guy had a really... Mm-hmm. He was really into his pat down job, dude. I I'm telling you, this was the most invasive <laughs> pat down I've ever experienced. He went up into my butt crack. Oh, and I was like, I was like, oh, you 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 feel everything? Uh, Did you say this? Can't get I a fear like boner. Can definitely not get a fear boner. Um, <laughs> is, I mean, no, I didn't say a, anything. I was just like, is that actually a thing? <laughs> a fear boner? Yeah. You've never had a fear boner before? I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think so. I have. I've gone. It when I've done hiking in places I shouldn't have been hiking, and it's Boy. got like sort of like that Angel's Landing, like oh the adrenaline is just coursing through your body right now. Uh, I've had that. I don't think I'm in tune uh, enough to even like
0: if I ever have. I don't think I'm in tune enough with with anything other than my fear to know. You're just walking around stiff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Poking other hikers on the road. Just freak, hey, just freak. get that out of here. <laughs>
1: Um, anyway, so we, we get through it, we get on the flight, we were, uh, we were sitting in the emergency exit row, which was nice because it like way longer, um,
0: leg room. Yeah.
1: Sort of leg room thing. Turns out yeah. you can't sit we, in that
0: row can... if you have a kid, they won't let you. The one, the uh, one time, yeah. the one time Lane and I had that seat cause like, and Gordon was young too. So it was like, okay, cool. We get to stretch out. You get to uh whatever. And like, oh, mm-hmm. you can't sit here now. Yeah. You guys got to move. No. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I I understand wow. what you're saying. Yeah, if there's an emergency, you you're, you're holding a baby. You're supposed to be like directing people. But come on, son, what what are, what are the chances that's going to happen? Let's go. They're let me, probably like, you me, can't let me enjoy help. this legroom. I'm tired.
1: You're tired. Yeah. The plane's on fire. We gotta get people out of here. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we we land in SF and we get to the uh, the the airport and we get to the hotel and thankfully we can check in early. We stayed at the Westin in Union Square. Here's the interesting thing. I don't know. When was the last time you went to San Francisco? It's been a while. Uh, I'm not very familiar with time. San
0: Francisco. San Francisco in general. I haven't been there like in on general? my own as an adult. I've been there. I've been there with my family two times. One, the the most recent time was probably like uh, a bit over ten years ago, and I was like, you know, my dad was driving around. I I, I don't remember the area very much at all, and it was a short trip. So basically, assume Gosh. I've never been. Basically, is how you can treat it.
1: Yeah. So there's a really big homeless problem in San Francisco. And Mm -hmm. there is a notorious uh, neighborhood a little bit better than Skid Row in L.A., uh, which is really just like sort of a a neighborhood that most people don't walk through anymore in L.A. uh, because it's like sort of a uh, massive homeless encampment that's taken over that area. Yeah. Uh, But they have the, the sort of... Similar comparison in SF would be the Tenderloin. The Tenderloin is just not a good neighborhood. Unfortunately, there's a couple of really nice, like, boutique hotels in that area. But over the last few years, and especially during COVID, and also because, you know, SF has incredibly high cost of living that's only gotten higher with the tech industry that's sort of like, you know, buttressed that up. And then there's also the fact that there's never really harsh winters. So it's like all year round, it's kind of like it never gets below freezing you know what i mean so yeah. yeah it gets cold at night but it it doesn't really snow in sf uh, or get bitterly cold like in chicago or in new york it's here. or something it's been that, like here the
0: last 3 days not sticking but oh it's been but there's like a light layer of snow that's coming down yeah oh my god yeah
1: um so the yeah we uh, the the hotel that we were staying at was right next to the tenderloin and we walked the first day cuz it was before all the festivities we walked to uh, get dinner with Shelley, uh, who has been living out in SF for a while. We were like, "All right, well, walk to Hayes Valley. Hayes Valley, we hear, is really nice. Uh, why don't we walk around the Tenderloin on like this really main street called Market Street?" But dude, as you're walking down Market Street, just massive groups of homeless people like milling around, walking around, and it's like they get close, and it's like mm. there's one thing with like in New York, we've and we, it's sort of been changing for the worse, but like in New York, you don't see as many, or you don't, I guess, encounter as many homeless people with, uh, mental health disorders. Uh, but in San Francisco, you could tell there was like, meant like not psychosis, but like just like hard mental health episodes were happening in real time. And, and, and that feels like, uh, a little bit more dangerous because it, it feels unpredictable what might happen. Uh, so so that wasn't a, a nice part of it. But otherwise, like as, as we got out of that area, it was nice. And, you know, we met Shelly for dinner the first night. And the second day, uh, her, her and I, uh, Carol and I, we got dim sum. And the cool thing about this place, even though it was like stupid expensive, and I wouldn't recommend it from that perspective, but they did this thing where I don't know how many restaurants you've gone to that have done this, but you scan the QR code, that seems standard, right? Yep. You get the menu and all that stuff. Yep. You can also order on the app on your phone ah. and also pay on the phone. Right. And then once you pay for everything, they like, they bring in all the food to you, which I think is amazing because then you don't have to do the weird thing. Cause like the worst thing is one of my big pet peeves with dining out which has always been the pace at which the server comes back to like help you throughout the meal. Yeah. So it's one thing to like, Hey, here are the specials take your order, get the food out, check on your house, everything great. Usually you're fine. You get dessert, you get coffee, they sort of understand what what's going on. Right. But then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking to get the bill. I don't know where this person is anymore. Yep. Uh, and so it really ends the a lot of meals on like, not the best note, because you're like, well, I'm sort of done with this activity. I'd like to get out of here now. We either have somewhere to go, I just don't really want to be here anymore. And so that's, that's something that what felt really cool about this experience, which is just, no, we, we paid, we can, we can leave one hour. We can also order more food whenever we want. Right. Uh, so all that was cool. Um, what else can I tell you? So then it was the rehearsal and I was the best man for Earl. And so we go to this church and if you're by your computer right now, you can look up this church called St. Mary of the Assumption, SF. And if you search that, you can sort of see it's like this massive, almost Dune-like religious building. Uh, super modern and brutalist looking exterior. Stands out. It's a seat of the Archbishop, That's, so that, it's like yeah. a pretty important church.
0: I see what you're talking about. I don't know if you, you have a photo I but just yeah, got You to, know what I mean? Yeah, I literally was just watching Dune right before we started this. I'm like 40 minutes into it. We just got to that major town and uh, whatever the planet's name is and I, I can definitely see this. Arrakis. Yeah, Arrakis. That's that, there we go. You try watching the movie a little like. Wouldn't this? Around. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't Wouldn't Saint Mary of the Assumption feel like a church you'd find in Arrakis? It's just like oh yeah, yeah. That, that all makes yeah, sense. Definitely. Um, so we go there and we're walking through it, and it's crazy because obviously uh, we're in a church. It's a Catholic ceremony. It's also like a Filipino Catholic ceremony, and so there's a lot of steps, there's a lot of choreography, there's a, a lot of people with a lot of moving parts, and the rehearsal itself took about an hour and a half so that everyone could like understand what order to walk in, where to walk, what to do, when to do it. And afterwards, we all sort of went back and had the rehearsal dinner, What was interesting was because we were running late with the rehearsal, we had the rehearsal dinner, and it's this long table of like 40 people, a lot of family, uh, you know, were there as well. And then the welcome drinks are happening, so people who have flown in, there's like, you know, some warm food, uh, like wine and beer, and what's funny is they're all standing there like kind of looking at us like hey what's going on and we're all just sitting there like don't make eye contact finish your food let's get out of here uh, and so it, it was fun to like catch up with people really at the welcome drinks uh, there was a little bit of an after party in Earl's room where we all sort of like went up there some hard alcohol some, some ciders or seltzers or whatever and then Earl sort of kicked everyone out because he's like I don't want to go too late tonight I want to get my rest and then uh, that was sort of uh, Friday night Going into Saturday, the day of the wedding uh, I know that Ellen, you know, Earl's now wife Ellen's mom Earl's mom And the maid of honor They had to be in her suite by 7am uh, Earl and I had to meet at 10 It was great He ordered, yeah, sleep in I showered, it took no time At all And then, um ordered some he ordered some food we ate breakfast we were watching like uh diners drivers and dives or, or whatever for a little bit and then we were just waiting for the photographers to like be on their way and then her, him and i we put on our tuxedos uh really really quickly yeah and it, to took maybe it took like, like 10 all minutes. Of 10 minutes right <laughs> it takes like all of 10 minutes to get fucking dressed right and and so, you know, the photographers come in with the wedding planner and then I just see Earl, they're like, all right, button your, button your vest, unbutton your vest yep. and then button your vest and then unbutton your vest. Yep. And so that was the first time I'd, I'd ever seen that in person. So I was like, all right, you know, read this letter that, you know, Ellen has written to you for like the videographer, like voiceover and all that stuff. And, uh, we then met his family and her family in like this library section of the hotel to do family photos. And so um, he's also got a wardrobe change because he has this like Filipino wedding outfit that he wants to wear, which is essentially like a hand stitched sort of outer shirt that looks kind of lacy but isn't. Um, and we, uh, so I'm helping him like change out of shirts from like the tuxedo, like the Western tuxedo that he's got on to, to this. But we got to move the studs over from his tuxedo shirt to this shirt and then you know just sort of helping people move out and about I'm, I'm holding the rings i'm in charge of some food that we're gonna have in the limo but uh you know we're, we're 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 running in what's interesting is i get really anxious when i feel like we're not on schedule yeah yeah but it's not my day and I'm just following them wherever they go. And the wedding uh, planner did a really good job because, you know, I'm getting married in, in about a year's time or whatever. And then she's like, don't worry about the time. Nothing can start without you. Yeah. I was about to and say, like, oh, no, that's...
0: nothing related to weddings I don't think ever starts on time. I, I, I just – yeah. <laughs> when, have you, when have you ever really been to a wedding where everything progressed the way it was supposed to progress?
1: Well, you say that now, but you come to our wedding All and that shit's going to happen oh, well, on time. Think. that's what you think.
0: Be, also true my uh i so sorry for the aside to interrupt me i remember my my brother's wedding uh mustafa when he got married in, in denver it was like for pictures they're like the, he and his wife are like they're trying to like corral people into position before they the pictures and like when the people with these groups of people were showing up it's like okay we need this side of the family so like could you go gather everybody from inside and bring them out here to prepare for the pictures and you go do that, but like they're telling you five minutes ahead of time, so the people show up and they're like, "It's not my turn," and they go back inside. They were getting furious. Uh, <laughs> he and his wife were just yeah. Like so the, for us, it, it
1: was very different. There wasn't anyone who was in a photo, especially like after the ceremony. And I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Like they were like everyone was supposed essentially sequestered in the church pews. It's like no one's going anywhere. We're gonna let you know when it's your turn. Be ready to take this photo. Yeah. Um, and so we they were a little bit more strict about that. Uh, anyways, so we you know we we make our way to the church and I'll tell you this man. I I started to get emotional when I was walking down the aisle with the maid of honor because it was like holy shit this is real yeah and to get poignant for a second I was like you know we're we're walking up to the sanctuary or the altar or whatever and then I'm, I'm I'm seeing Ellen walk down the aisle and you know Earl sort of takes uh ellen from her parents and walks up and earl and i are sort of side-eyeing each other up there we're smiling whatever and i'm getting emotional because i'm like it's not that uh our friendship is over but it's like a chapter in our shared story Mm -hmm. has come to like a really victorious ending you know what i mean yeah like it's like um yeah it's like a the end of uh like a three part movie. It's like Return of the King, right? Like you end it with a wedding, and it's like, this isn't a sad ending. This isn't a, a happy ending, but yeah. it's an ending nonetheless. And so there's still emotion there.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um,
1: yeah, man. And so, you know, uh, first time being in a wedding, being in a uh, religious wedding was really cool. Felt really honored by that. And then, you know, seeing the photo. So there's a photo of like. What's funny is Carolyn and I didn't get any photos of us in this wedding. Oh, really? Because uh, I was running around and we just like didn't think to take a photo of like what each of us were wearing. And yeah. like this was the first time I had worn a tuxedo. And oh, pro tip about tuxedos, shit. Um, you're going to want – so like there's two types of shoes you can wear, right? There's patent leather shoes, which are lace-ups. Um, or you can wear slippers, and the slippers tend to be velvet slippers, all right? So there's two types of shoes. Patent leather lace-ups, like your standard black shoe. Uh, it's a little bit different. It's like a shiny, you know, the, the stuff that, like, really reflects. Like, it's almost like those prom shoes you wore way back. Okay, yeah. Um, patent leather. Uh, they, if they're patent leather, they have to be lace-ups. And if they're slippers, they got to be velvet. It's sort of like the, the rule of the road. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go slip because I think that's going to be cooler. Here's the thing. <laughs> you got to make sure your shoes fit my shoes fit i mean i had to add a little bit of like padding into them but you also got to break in your shoe especially if you're deciding to not because so i decided to go sockless oh wow really yeah so i was gonna go sockless but i went sockless in a shoe i didn't fully break in yeah so you can immediately feel the shoe rubbing against the sides of your yeah. feet and i'm like oh god this is not good it's painful immediately yep Dude, it's painful immediately. And when I put them on when we were put getting ready in the morning, I was like, this is going to be a long-ass day, dude. This is not going to be fun. But, you know, it's not my day, so I'm not going to say nothing to nobody. Yeah. But I did ask one of the wedding planners, hey, you got a Band-Aid I can borrow? <laughs> so, like, I put on the Band-Aid and immediately so the, the, the skin's already rubbed raw right. an hour in. Yep. And I was like, all right, well, only, only 12 more hours to go. And so uh throughout most of the day Uh, i I can just feel it but you grit through it it's just like it's like a stinging pain but it's like you got to get used to it at a certain point just move on um and then you know after the um after the beautiful ceremony the wedding photographers myself maid of honor groom bride and the wedding plan not the wedding planner just like a couple of us are in a are in a stretch limo but like a stretch chrysler 300 and we're going to like a couple of different uh, parts of the city. Palace of Fine Arts, Chrissy Fields. Like, getting, like, the nice photos. or are walking around. We're, we're sort of doing it. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, at a certain point, I'm really going to have to see, like, the damage on my feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And then we get back after the uh, photographs. We had uh, – it was planned that we were going to miss cocktail hour, which is fine. You know, I don't need to be at cocktail hour. Uh, cocktail hour is just more food than I'm going to eat before I eat my main meal. Um and then, so we get up to the top, and then the uh, the maid of honor, Melanie, came through real clutch. She Goes, I've got these, um, I've got these special bandages, and I'm gonna pull it up for you right now. I'll tell you the name of it, and then you can look it up, okay. just in case for the future. Yeah,
0: because I feel like it I is really need
1: called, these. yeah, Com-P, C O M mm-hmm. P E D. All right. Yeah. So, it's something so interesting about these. They are clear. They have padding built into them. Uh and they're super sticky. But the idea is you just stick it right on to whatever like gash you cut on your feet. Yeah. And then you put your shoes over it and dude, I'm telling you, night and night and day. Interesting. I had to take four of these cuz I have two on both feet at this point. Yeah. And we're recording like 8 days later and you know like with the heel and your ankle and all that there's like a lot of skin that's always sort of moving a lot of creases and that's where these uh that's where all of these scabs are so they've taken a while to heal but when i put these compines on dude they also say not to take it off once you put it on for at least 48 hours because you can tear skin off that's still healing serious um i did it uh i wouldn't recommend it they were absolutely right you shouldn't take them off (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you can shower with it and all that stuff. But it's just like, you know you know that feeling when you get, like, a scab somewhere and you shower. It's like, oh, it's going to be staying for a few days. And you guys just got to be a little bit gentle or whatever. Um, but pro tip, if you're going to go sockless, break in your shoes a couple of days beforehand so you can scab up early uh, or decide, i got to go sock. And then here's the thing. You can wear, as a guy, um, for tuxedos, especially with uh, slips like these, uh, velvet slippers or whatever, uh, you can buy essentially they're called men's sheer socks. They're, they're like women's pantyhose. It doesn't go all the way up, but it's like sort of that same somewhat see-through material, but it's dark. It provides a thin, uh, sort of protection for your feet so that it doesn't look like you're wearing heavy socks. It looks like you're wearing like fancy socks, but it just prevents your foot from getting just like rub raw. Which is a uh, which is a pro tip because that's what Earl did and I didn't do. But I got a lot of I got a lot of compliments on the fact that I went sockless, dude. So uh, worth it. Uh, I look great in that fucking tuxedo, dude. I look great. Uh, you wouldn't know it because there's no photos of it. Uh, but I'll I'll send you a photo in a year's time when Earl and Ellen get their photos back. I'll I'll be like, hey, you remember the time I told you about that uh, wedding that I went nope, to where I wore a tuxedo nope, for the first time? Don't remember it at all. Yeah. Um, so there's that uh and then i gave a speech and how was, your it was speech? A killer speech dude All right. Oh, killer killer <laughs> uh let me walk you through this speech in uh in nine parts no i'm kidding uh i knew that i wasn't going to speak for a long time i also knew that i wasn't going to roast him in front of his family um <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it, it just didn't feel yeah, like no, I the understand. right time and place to, to roast somebody. There's different types of wedding um,
0: speeches. Some of them are like super sentimental. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are a little bit comedic. Some of them mix a little bit of. Mine both, was a but.
1: mix of sentimental and, and comedic. Yeah. So the first thing I did was I, I said, before I begin, if everyone can raise their glass, and I sort of toast the bride and groom's parents. Uh, without whom, this uh, you know, none of this would have been possible. And then you sort of do that head. You know how there's two types of head nods. You you, you tilt your head up if you're friendly with somebody, but you tilt your head down out of respect to people. Yeah. It's like that really subtle but super super important distinction. When like if you and I, like even even you and I could like employ both depending on the circumstance and the situation that we're in. But, like, if you're meeting an older gentleman that you respect, you're, ne- you're very rarely, if ever, going to do the head up to be like, oh, hey, I see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more of a head down, like, respect to you, defer, um, and all that jazz. So I did that to both sets of parents. I could tell that both parents were uh, reciprocated in kind. I was like, all right, doing the, doing the clear, respectful sort of head nod to them. And then... Uh, introduced myself and what my relationship was to the groom and with like a funny anecdote and by anecdotes like two sentences right because yeah. here's the thing about speeches that I've learned nobody cares what you're about to say <laughs> yeah in all honesty 90% of the time they don't care 10% of the time you say something that really rallies the room and so it's like all right well I, I kept joking like, you're gonna get a tight two minutes from me in actuality, they got three. Uh, the maid of honor spoke a little bit longer as she spoke by reading off of her phone. But she gave a really heartfelt thing that like really moved the room, which was great. I don't like giving speeches while I read off of something. And so I memorized mine. Yeah. But my my version of memorization is I wrote the speech two weeks before the wedding. Uh, really wordsmith. So you read it to yourself over and over again. So you get the sense of the beats of what you're trying to say and like different parts and all that jazz. And, right. Um, so I'm up there. Cause like, I like speaking with a mic in my hand and a glass of champagne, just sort of like, you know, sort of gesturing naturally. Everything feels flowy. It's hard to have a phone in your hand. You're reading from your phone. You're not making eye contact with nobody. You're essentially reading off a slide of a presentation, which is one of my biggest pet peeves in life. And so to spoke about how Earl and I were friends, how we became friends. And then, you know, we two young guys in the city looking for love and then sort of bring in the bride over. you know the first night they met each other and I sort of took a few creative liberties with the story of like they actually met at a separate party but you know i'm not going to say they met at a highlighter party uh, <laughs> you meet at a different kind of party you know what i mean um taking creative liberties with all that and then like you know at the end speaking about how their family has grown in the time that they've been together which is like eight years now and i said you know they've welcomed a beautiful dog luna they've also welcomed a beautiful car a subaru um so like you know being funny about it but like not wanting to put pressure where like you know, you've been at some like oh we can't wait for you to have all the kids in the world so like, you don't always know if people want to have kids or not you also don't want that like on public record just like you speak about platitudes you speak about what they've done so far and right. you know I got to the end of it there was a moment where I, I got choked up and I was like I paused for a second because there's no reason to rush yep. you gotta stick the landing on these things and then just sort of like cleared my throat a second you could hear people oohing and on ah and all that jazz right, you get that on camera too yep. happened to um, me too <laughs> yeah you, you get it did, um, did it
0: happen to you like when you were writing it at all like did you think you were gonna get choked no. up at all no. Yeah, you thought you're just gonna go no. right through it, but didn't it's like when you're, right sit, you're it, sitting also, there, you're looking at you, you know, your friend, you're looking at Ellen, you're looking at the families and everyone else yeah. there, and for whatever, it just hits you.
1: It hits you, and I allowed myself to be present and feel those feelings, and to be sort of not overwhelmed, but like to feel what I needed to feel in the moment, to be genuine and truthful, but I didn't like lose it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta, you still gotta, you still gotta sick to landing yeah, this thing you know for what sure. I mean? um, we can't carry shrug this and, and, and like uh, blow an ankle at the end uh, <laughs> we've made it this far but you know you, you, you do you, you do enough so that you get people oohing and on like oh my gosh you see Sandy all emotional he's never emotional um, and then uh, and then you sort of bow out and it was great you know it yeah. um, felt like I felt like I, and I said this to Carolyn, and she said uh, that she hadn't really heard of friendships in this way. But I said it was important for me to honor the friendship that Earl and I had by being the best man that he needed me to be, whatever capacity he needed me to be in obviously it's not my day and I, I, at no part was i like oh i gotta make this about me For sure but it was like what do you what do you need me to do what do you need me to hold don't think twice ask me to do literally whatever if i gotta run to the other side of town to pick up something i'm your guy this is your wedding day i'm happy to do whatever you need me to do um and and part of that was just honoring them with a speech that was fit to like play to the crowd you know yeah and so there were parts where i was shouting out to certain people uh in the crowd shouting out to people places where people have lived parties that people have been at so it's like it's inclusive but it's also like this th- this is on rails you know what i mean so i felt like i did a really good job there yeah uh the food was good uh, they did this really cool thing where they had late late night snacks for people so they had chicken and waffles like chicken and waffle bites and also grilled cheese with tomato uh soup shooters which I thought was really fun, um, and you know me, man. I'm I'm always eating at weddings. You know, <laughs> you know man. that's that, that's what I that's what I appreciate.
0: I, I think you meant to say, you know me. I'm always eating. That was I'm that was always it. eating. Yeah,
1: yeah. There you go. I'm always I'm always I'm always eating, and uh, and so you know, it was a small after party. Uh, a lot of people were, were were pretty tired by then, but you know, it was felt nice that you know Earl. Earl and Ellen were very gracious with the very little bit of time that they had throughout all this. So, Carolyn and I were actually able to see them Thursday night and then uh, a little bit of Friday night towards the end. And then at the end of the after party, helping them clean up. It sort of felt like, yeah, you know, like we're, uh, we're close friends. We didn't need to like rush to get photos with them throughout the ceremony. We're going to see them all the time. I just felt nice to be useful, you know, be useful and be helpful and uh we saw them the next day for uh, the breakfast, uh and we were one of the last people to leave and you know, we left with them. They left to go to Half Moon Bay for a mini moon and Carolyn and I we um uh, we went to go see one of her uh, her cousins, uh for for a, a brunch and then we uh afterward we walked around for a little bit and then we got dinner and this Great tapas place. If you're ever in San Francisco, definitely let me know beforehand so I can give you all the great restaurant recommendations. Okay. Uh and then the next day, you know, we, we flew out on uh on Monday. Uh we didn't want to fly out immediately after the wedding. We felt like, you know, we didn't want to feel rushed. Uh and then we flew back, got home at nine PM and then, you know, now we're here. So overall a fantastic wedding. Uh happy that, you know, this has been they've had to postpone this wedding four times. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah yeah and so holy smokes well, so, what, what was the original know, they,
0: date supposed to be was like just right after covid after lockdowns and everything was was that when it was originally so. supposed to be that makes yeah. sense that delay does make sense
1: and then the whole year delay of like covid just pushing yeah. and pushing yeah. and pushing and i do and, recall uh, that they were
0: engaged after the was it the marathon mm-hmm. they were they were engaged at that point mm-hmm. in time right so um yeah and and so that, that gives still, you a sense yeah. of like how long exactly it's, yeah it's been a hot minute
1: Definitely. And what else can I tell you? Um, oh, they did something that I think Carol and I are going to do, which is demand vaccine proof of, from everybody.
0: You to have a whole bunch uh, of Aaron Rodgers people up in your weddings.
1: Yeah, right. If they if they do, so be it. Then they're not coming. Uh, we're going <laughs> to ask them to not come, and then we'll just invite other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's as simple as that. And. Uh, I appreciate because like Earl and Ellen have been sharing so much about their wedding journey with us that like we've been learning like what to look out for, what to do, what not to do. So they've been incredibly graceful, uh, with with, with all of that. But one thing mm-hmm. there was like, hey, just like be really upfront, matter of fact that you know we've got family members coming, we got young kids who might 100%. not have the vaccine yet, yep. we got old people who like are. Even though they're vaccinated, they're they're still at risk to some degree. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and it, it's not only protecting the health of the bride and groom; it's protecting the health of the guests. And it's it's still a public health safety issue. Yeah, and and so you ask for it early. You ask for photos from everybody. You keep a very detailed sort of Google Drive of everyone who submitted it. And if they don't submit it, they can't come. Uh, you know, and me. that gave us the confidence to to do that as well. Right.
0: You know me, I'm a big NBA fan, a Sixers fan. Um, the Sixers have been having a terrible run with, with players getting COVID. And last year, there were a couple of people in the NBA who got COVID that were vaccinated. Um and it, you know, they're they they were either asymptomatic or the symptoms just generally weren't too bad. Uh, I think a, a, a couple outstanding cases beyond that. But with the Sixers right now, uh, Tobias Harris was the first person on the on the Sixers to get diagnosed with it. Joel Embiid got it. Uh, Matisse Thibault. Mm-hmm. I think all of them are having pretty rough goes with it. So like, yikes. Uh, Tobias Harris. He said that his symptoms. Like he's he's back. He's played two games now, but he missed like two weeks, and his were like you know very much uh, like flu like symptoms it was it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was not a pleasurable experience you know it's not like a cold or you're just kind of quarantined by yourself like that's how some players have had it you know they tested positive but they felt completely normal whereas in this case like people are are fully vaccinated and they're really struggling with it so totally understand yeah
1: and these are are pro athletes athletes. who are struggling with it right so you have to believe that they are in the top 1% yep like as a species of health yeah and they're like oh man like what, what it's like when von miller got it and he goes i thought i was gonna die exactly yeah. it's like if von miller's gonna think he's gonna die you best believe that this is as random as mm-hmm. random can be mm-hmm. and that don't don't think that like you're gonna be able to tough it out you yeah. know because like if these if these top one percenters can't do it that means that it's not just like, oh, if you're healthy, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's like we're still figured out like why some people get it worse than others.
0: Yeah. I mean the healthiest of healthy people get cancer, right? You know, who exactly. Knows, who knows how things are going to affect you? But just like you said, I mean the, the critical thing is you also want to protect the people who are most vulnerable, who are most at risk for you know severe symptoms or even death, You know whether that's older families, sure. sick family members, friends, whoever. And so, yeah, totally understand what you're saying
1: yeah um but anyways, that's the uh that's the long and short of uh of that trip so i appreciate everyone's patience for 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 missing out on a week but i wanted to get this as fresh as yeah as fresh off the press as possible yeah um yeah, it sounds
0: like a great time. I could quickly tell you because I was. forgot to. I forgot since we didn't record last week. I never even actually revealed where I went for my for my surprise trip that Landon planned for me for my birthday. Oh, that's right. So where did you end up going? So Landon took me to Austin, Texas. Me and Gordon. So we oh. we, we, we uh, hopped on a plane. Uh, at the flight, would think it was at like six forty five a.m. something like that. Left the house at like three something, maybe four. Yeah, three something. I guess maybe four a.m. can't recall exactly Mm -hmm. what the time was but we got to the early we got to the airport nice and early um you know had time to
1: same time zone right uh
0: yes same time zone yeah so we had we had time to you know even better get to get get a coffee sit and relax for a little bit give gordon his breakfast um flew down hopped off the plane uh the parking garage is is uh you, you just walk to it from the from the uh from baggage claim which is really nice i really like i really like when you can just like walk outside and basically be at the the rental car place so um yeah got a rental car drove out got some breakfast that day we had like lana had some plans but given you know we're traveling with gordon she knew that things have to be fairly fluid so your plans can't be like rigid because he might decide that he doesn't want to do something he might decide he wants to take a nap or he might get sick you know who knows so um yeah we that first day we didn't really do too much other than like eat we we found a uh a, uh a, a, we took a we took a nice long nap a family nap <laughs> we we napped for like two two and a half hours which was the longest i think any of us have taken a nap in a while other than gordon at daycare and then um then the uh we took him to a a park after we ate dinner he got he got to run around there which was really cool and then the uh the next day was um was my birthday and so in addition to like meals and stuff, Lena she uh, she rented us these rental bikes, and so Gordon got on the back of her bike, which was the first time he's ever done that. And there was like this nice long uh, trail that runs that runs parallel to the river there, and so we were just riding down this river this uh, this trail. Um, lo- a large por- portion of it is just like um, like dirt, you know, dirt dirt path, but it's a pretty long mm-hmm. or pretty wide path. So there's a lot of like runners, a lot of walkers, or a fair amount of bikers. Okay. Um yeah it was really cool it was like the first time that I've ridden my bike and or ridden a bike in a few months now and I know it's gotcha. the first time the Gordon's ever been on a bike you know proper like you know beyond his little push bike things and then uh yeah that that was that was a really good time and then the next day was uh the day that we were leaving I believe that that was the day we were leaving I think that's how many days we were there and we uh we went to a uh, a rock climbing place to do some bouldering and shockingly like gordon never admits that he wants to take a nap that he's tired or anything he didn't want to be there and so he starts going like really i'm tired i want to take a nap type of thing so like we got to she got to do a little bit of climbing herself but not too much um she started like uh she she went to the car it was like pouring rain this day she went to the car to get her uh her carrier for gordon she was able to put her put him on her back and just kind of like follow me around as i did some climbing and uh, we were probably there for like a good hour to an hour and a half, I think, but it just wasn't like the full experience. Like I thought he was gonna try to climb some walls because they had a kid section, so we were like trying to get him to climb, but he just wasn't interested. It was really weird. He's never <clears throat> he loves to like run around and use his energy and stuff, and, and to have him not want to try something, I think the thing that like tripped him up was that it's like all this padding, like all this padded surfaces that you walk around on, and oh. he's been to like trampoline parks, so he knows how to like jump on the trampolines. So he was thinking, I believe, that this is supposed to be a trampoline, it's supposed to be bouncy. And when he was trying to jump on it, it wasn't like bouncing him the way he thought it was supposed to. He's like, yo, this is whack, I wanna leave. Like I'm out. And he likes he was seeing people climb the walls, but like <laughs> I don't think he ever really put it together. That that's that's the purpose, that's the objective here, not not to bounce around. So um yeah. Then uh went to uh we got lunch. Went to the airport, hopped in the plane, came back home. Overall, is a overall is a pretty good trip. the The plane wasn't terrible. Um, we good. every plane ride, I'm always like getting a, a, a uh, <laughs> before every trip that we've yeah. taken with him. I'm I'm signing up for like YouTube Premium, uh, so I can download <laughs> some like so I can download some YouTube videos to the phone. I'm I'm on like Disney whatever Plus. It takes. I'm like downloading episodes of whatever TV shows HBO, getting some Sesame Street. So I'm like download downloading all the stuff to my devices. He's now just, like, sitting in the in the seat and watching his show. Um, the issue is that he's two, so he has to wear his mask, and he does not like wearing his mask. So trying to get him to put that on his face and keep it on his face can be a bit difficult, and he likes to get violent when you're trying to do things with him that he doesn't want to do. So as I tried to put on his mask on the way down there, he, like, he like starts, like, hitting me, and then he grabs my mask and rips it off my face. He tore the mask. <laughs> oh, man. So it's like had to get another one.
1: Worst, he's on his worst behavior. Horrible,
0: but yeah. Overall, by and large, trip trip was great. I had a really good time. Um, so yeah, that was that. I would definitely go back nice. there too. It'd be it'd be nice to go check out more of the area.
1: You want to move the you, you want to move to Austin?
0: I so so it was funny. Elena and I were talking yesterday about like you know what other locations would we want to be right? Who who knows how long we'll stay in the Chicago area? You know, it could be could be three years it yeah. could be it could be 30 right um but it was it's interesting thinking about the prospects of other locations where we could where we could potentially find ourselves because i'm not really i hadn't really been a. T- um, I hadn't really been drawn to a specific location other than what i had considered home which was you know the, the the southeast pennsylvania slash delaware area for the last 20 years so the idea of moving from there was a bit It was a bit difficult but once we've made the move now we've you know we've we've left our comfort zone who knows you know three four five six you know however many years down the line you know texas texas isn't a bad idea it's not a bad place you you got a no it's really red no income tax yeah i know about the red the red the red aspect really red but but you do got no income tax it's a bit warmer um at least in some parts (laughs) um and uh yeah Uh, homes homes are fairly cheap compared to a lot of other places in the country so i don't
1: know yeah you get a lot for your money out there but i'll tell you this because carol and i were thinking about that as well at one point be like yeah we could buy a compound in austin (laughs) yeah you could like really really live it up but here's a couple of things you gotta just just think about and and you might come to a different conclusion which is totally fine but these are some things that we were like all right maybe 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 not right it's that like near total abortion ban yep. is tough. Yeah. Um, God forbid something happens. God forbid anything happens where you have to bring a baby to term and you can't or you shouldn't. It's like or or something happens. Like the fact that this near total ban is just heartless and horrific. So that's that was a big reason. Yeah. The fact that the state itself is red, but Austin is blue. Might make your everyday a little bit easier, but like you're still in a red state, and there's still in a lot of stuff you either can't do, they won't let you do, or you just had to get got to get used to like open carry and all that stuff. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's a little, it's a little different in Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Texas likes to get really they're they're proud people, and rightfully so for a lot of reasons. But um, like, do you, so Austin is great, but then like you got to think about like, are you living in downtown austin or yeah. in the austin like metro area because there's like round rock which is beautiful b cave which is great like because we were like seriously looking into a lot of these uh these suburbs and the suburbs are like gorgeous right yeah. but then you got to think to yourself well you remember the last time the electrical grid went down yeah like they have their electrical grid Which the state of Texas decided, and this isn't political in any way. This is just the state of Texas decided they didn't want to be on the federal grid anymore Mm -hmm. for their own reason. So they're on their own national grid, but this national grid Reza, it browns out in the summertime and it dies in the wintertime. And with global warming, meaning that there's like higher variance in weather on a more consistent basis. You're telling me that during the two times of the year where you definitely need either electricity for AC or electricity for heat, that there's a very good possibility you'll have neither. It's like, oh, so you're like how many generators does your house need then to try and stay like you know, like it's just stuff like that I was like, "Oh man. Yeah. It's not ideal, but but there's a reason why your money goes far. There's no income tax. There's like, no, there's like a lot of good to live in, in Texas but for us the bad stacked up high enough to overtake what was a really compelling list of good reasons yeah but if you move to Austin we'll go with you <laughs> <laughs>
0: no I, I I I completely hear you on a lot of that um you know yeah. we, we, so we were it's so we. It's funny, you know. You, you mentioned like the open carry aspect. We were just talking about the uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse situation yesterday at breakfast, and um, I was saying uh-huh. how I didn't actually in public or at home. No, no, at home, at home. It was just you know, oh, so. Thank God. So I was like,
1: you, you are brave.
0: <laughs> when we were looking for homes, we had, we had initially uh, the first place we actually went to was like when we came out out, out of the airport, we drove up to Kenosha. Because the first few homes that we were looking at were actually in Kenosha, and this is like you know okay. this is you know, I don't want to say right on the heels of everything, but this is you know this is a few months I guess maybe a year yeah, yeah is is it's a year is a year after all the stuff was going down last year right last summer mm-hmm. and you know keenly aware of all of everything that had gone down there and then um, but I didn't really think about it any, you know much much more than that I remember hearing that that Colorado uh, house was from a northern. Uh, Illinois suburb, but I didn't actually know the specific area that he was from. It turns out it's, it's from Antioch, which is only like 20 minutes from where we live. We had actually looked at a couple homes in Antioch too, but, um, we were just talking about the whole situation. It's like, oh, you know, he, I think he, I think he's, you know, I'm just guessing, right? I have, I have no idea. I didn't follow the case or anything like that. I have no idea what's going on with the court, with the court hearing, but just like seeing the video and considering, you know, it's of course a completely different state, but thinking about George Zimmerman, how he got off with how he got off with it um Mm -hmm. i feel like the self-defense the the self-defense argument could work and it's it's a little bit frustrating because what responsibility does a single person have for you know engaging in the situation you know you you show up with a gun and i'm not i don't want to like i don't want to get too much into this i know we tend to not talk politics and current events for uh for you know good reason but i just think that there's a level of like if you if you pursue a situation and it and it results in you, you know, you're you're the person who approaches with a gun, you engage somebody and you end up killing that person, can you really claim self-defense if you didn't actually have to engage with the person? Um
1: right. Like c- traveling across however many state lines to to insert yourself into something and then claim self-defense is uh yeah. It's a thing that you can do. Yeah. So, but Anyway. Yeah, it also helps when you've got a terrible prosecution. But whatever. <laughs> have you been falling? Let's not closely? Get into that today. My goddamn run, I have. <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's end it here before we. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the card's starting to go off the rails. <laughs> All right, man.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, I'm brezza
1: Sweet. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.